Happy Monday. Welcome to another sneak preview. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And today we're recapping one of the strangest, most awkward Academy Awards in recent memory. Who'd have thought? It was all going so fine. And then, well, we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Way to kill the vibe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but more on that later. Uh, first, let's talk a bit about what happened last week in film. Last week in Phil. It's going to be quick. We've got a lot of Oscars to talk about, so let's just uh, plow through these. There's a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong in the works at Lionsgate. Big shocker. It's one of the few films of 2021, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's all blending together for me. Uh, to make a splash financially, of course, Lionsgate isn't going to shelve Godzilla. The only question is, Who's he fighting? Who's going to be next? I'm hoping for a Destroyer reboot, personally. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, that's exciting. And, but it's not surprising at all. So, you know, it's just more, more shit for the fans. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for the inevitable Pacific Rim crossover. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, newcomer Daniela Melchior, who played Ratcatcher 2 in The Suicide Squad, has joined the cast of Fast and Furious 10 which is shaping up to be another one. Uh, Jason Momoa is the bad guy. I wonder if he's going to be either a long-lost uncle, a computer hacker, or some rival race car with superhuman, race car driver with superhuman strength. It's going to be one of those three. Yeah. Yeah. And does it really matter? You know, Momoa is good at what he does, so fuck it. I mean, they already went to space. I don't really know where else they can go at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe, the, maybe Mars. Uh, we'll get Elon to fly them to Mars and they'll drift on the fucking, was it Mons, Olympus Mons? Is that on, that's on Mars, right? Yeah, Mons, Mons Drift. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Next, a, um, a deleted scene from Matt Reeves' The Batman was released, which features Barry Keegan's proto Joker in its full freakish glory. Did you get a chance to check this out? Oh yeah, of course. Super exciting. Uh, I love Barry. I thought it was cool. It was definitely a, a bit of a play on the Heath Ledger Joker and just kind of a little, little bit different spice. I really like the hair. I like the makeup. I like how fucked up he looks. And um, I think Barry is an extremely talented dude. And if, if, if it's going to go to somebody, I'd rather it be someone like him who's up and coming and uh, has something to really prove rather than kind of an established uh, movie star yeah. uh, to do Joker, like, like a Joaquin Phoenix, you know? Um, I think it's cool that we get someone like Barry, who's also around the same age as, you know, Paul Dano and uh, Robert Pattinson, those guys, he's in his 20s. So that's, that's cool, right? That he's kind of like a part of the same acting class as those guys. That is cool. Um, you know, there's definitely a chance for longevity here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Batman has already proven to be a, you know, a, a big enough success for DC and Warner Brothers that they've greenlit two spinoff shows and a full-blown trilogy. So, yeah, Barry Keegan ain't going away. Like, he's our Joker. So, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I like that we already have an established history between Batman and Joker. Uh, and, you know, as Matt Reeves said, he's not quite the Joker, but he's he's getting there. Um but I get why they cut this scene from the movie. It does 
I mean, you know, in the middle of Batman's hunt for Riddler, all of a sudden the Joker shows up and then we don't see him again. That would be jarring as hell. So I'm glad they cut it. Yeah, no, me too. I think this is the right way to go is to, to do this deleted scene. I mean, it was like the biggest thing in movies for that day. I was like a few days ago and it was like all people could talk about on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and the movie, the movie world. Uh, so like, it was to me just kind of a genius move to keep DC, Batman, Gotham, whatever, Joker, all that kind of stuff in the, in our frame of mind, you know? And I thought that was a really good move to, to just kind of have it at this, as this little piece. That's amazing that movies can do that now where they can have a deleted scene that just becomes this viral, um, viral thing that people get obsessed with. So I'm, Oh yeah, I'm 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 all the way the fuck in on uh, Matt Reeves, uh, Gotham Batman stuff. So I'm wicked excited to see what comes, and it doesn't really matter what they do. You know, I trust it now, which is such a good feeling to have because I haven't trusted DC for about a decade. So that's 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 a good feeling. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I feel like this is you know just it's Matt Reeves. It's not DC. It's not Warner Brothers. It's just Matt Reeves with his vision. And I, I hope that it continues to be that. I hope no, you know, I know better producer sticks their nose into this and torpedoes it. I hope not, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I know that I've listened to Matt Reeves talk a lot about his experience with, uh, with, with the film, and he basically got to do whatever he wanted with that first one. So you hope that continues, uh, that he had complete control over those creative decisions. And obviously he did a good job. Uh, I don't, I, I love that movie. It's, it's all, it's like one of my favorite movies I've seen the past couple of years. Uh, not, not just, you know, a, a comic book or superhero movie. It's like just, just a really good film. So hell yeah. Matt Reeves is, is definitely here to stay. Yeah. I bet this is uh we're going to see more of Barry probably in the Arkham series. I bet that's going to be his kind of moment to shine. Maybe that will be the story of how, he becomes the Joker we know and love. Yeah. Uh, it'd be pretty sweet. You know, maybe we get like a, is it, maybe we get to see like, you know, Harleen Quinzel is his doctor and we get to see how that relationship formed. That would be really cool. I would love that. Yeah. Ah, it's just a, a sea of limitless potential right now. And I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely rejuvenated. Finally. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can be excited about Batman again. It's been a, been a long time. Yeah, outside of animated stuff. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, Batman was always fine, though. Um, switching gears for a minute. Um, I know this isn't film-related, but this hit all of us pretty hard. Um, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins has passed away suddenly at 50 years old. The investigation into his death is ongoing, but multiple substances were found in his body. It's looking more and more likely that this was an overdose. Uh, which is a goddamn shame. He was a rock star. He was awesome. I feel like I just got introduced to him after watching Studio 666. He was a big part of that film. He was hilarious in that movie. And I just can't imagine what Dave Grohl and the rest of the Foo Fighters are going through right now. Uh, they were in mid-tour. And now, I mean, their, their compass is fucking gone. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. But I wanted to mention him and just pay my respects. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I, I think when, when something uh, like this hits you, someone, someone that's important, someone that means a lot, uh, I don't, I don't think it matters like what field they work in. So I, I'm with you, you know, uh, I'm not, 
uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the biggest two fighters fan in the world, but I, I used to be so fucking into them, you know, and uh, I just haven't really kept up with what they put out the past, maybe six, seven years or so, probably after that, what was it? Sonic highways, I think is when I kind of like, just, I, I didn't like keep up with their new stuff, but um, you know, like colors and shapes, of course, like the, some of those albums uh, from the nineties and early two thousands, just like stupid, super formative um, albums for me uh, when I was a teenager and uh, God, the guy was just a freak of nature, you know? Uh, and I, I love, I love that, you know, the connection him and Dave Grohl had as drummers, right. Um, was really, was like really beautiful. And there's like a snippet from Dave Grohl's uh, book where he talks about Taylor and talks about how like they just ignited something like when they met and they started talking about music and they started playing together, that something was ignited. And like, he, he says something along the lines of uh, in the book that uh, it was this, it was this flame that never lost its spark. Um, mm. And it's just really beautiful, really touching. And um, yeah, I, I think, I think we'd be silly to not mention, mention him. I remember watching the documentary. I think it's called back and forth from like 2011. Um, uh, yeah, 2011, uh, Foo Fighters documentary. I still own it. have it on DVD. It's really good. But, I would, you know, I, I got really attached to specifically Taylor Hawkins because of the, the, uh, the addictions that he went through and <laughs> through his life. And there's just something about someone who overcomes that, you know, and it's always going to be a battle. Um, but they, they, they conquer it, you know, and they beat it for a time. There's always something that I just like truly admire about that. Um, and so I was always really into him and his style and he'd be like barefoot on stage and, uh, just his, his expressions while he was playing, you could just see the guy was like running from something while playing and it was just like so beautiful to watch. Um, and then the, uh, I, I'm, I'm going on and on here, but I really like the guy. Uh, there's also a documentary called Sound City, um, where Dave, it's another Dave Grohl documentary uh, about Sound City in, in California, this really cool studio. And uh, Dave Grohl talks about when you're watching somebody play music, that's when you see how beautiful someone can actually be. And uh, when you watch Taylor Hawkins, you're like, that. that's like kind of who he is, you know? Uh, when he's talking, when he's, you know, not playing drums, when he's doing his own thing, uh, that's sure that's Taylor, but when he's playing, that's Taylor Hawkins, you know, that's like, that's in his DNA is to play drums. And so when you watch him and I encourage people to go watch like, you know, a live, live, uh, videos of him playing, it's just beautiful. It's like breathtaking to see the kind of the, the anger and the joy and all the emotions that he's going through while playing, uh, it's very cool. So yeah, have to shout him out. I think um, we're recording this on Sunday night. I think he passed away on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah, it just fucking sucks. I um, I I think we had the opportunity to uh, see the Foo Fighters live on the Concrete and Gold tour a few years ago, uh, so I got to see Taylor Hawkins play in person, uh, and he was a fucking machine. Like, yeah, he, he is such a he was such a crucial part of the Foo Fighters sound. Uh, and it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to feel right without him. You know, it's, it's a well-oiled machine, machine losing an, an essential gear. 
Yeah. And I just, yeah, my heart goes out to his family, to the Foo Fighters, to his many, many fans. Rest in peace. Yeah. Hell yeah. With that, let's switch gears again to the Oscars. <sighs> this is what it's all about. <laughs> this was, uh, this was a, you know, the big year. This is our Super Bowl, the big day. And, uh, well, to put it bluntly, Will Smith took that away from us. <laughs> but, yeah, debatably, you know, Chris Rock did too. Um, yeah, yeah, that moment. Yeah, I mean, we have to start with that, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's the elephant it, in the room. Yeah, it'd be like if we if we started talking about you know the the beginning of the show and you know <laughs> fucking uh, all this different stuff that happens in the first hour hour and a half like that moment when Chris Rock comes out to give the best documentary award out and uh, does his does his jokes or whatever you know um, obviously he fucking crossed the line you know and. For anyone who doesn't know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's all over the internet right now, but he makes the joke, <clears throat> excuse me, he makes the joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, about, and she, she's bald because she has alopecia, it's a disease where you uh, start to lose your hair and it can kind of affect different parts of your body, not a fun, not a fun disease, my dad has it, and uh, he, he went through hair loss, like all, in all kinds of places in his body, his fingernails started to kind of like decay and get real weird and just different thing, different things happen to your body. And my dad still deals with it. Doesn't, it's not something that just goes away overnight. And Jada Pinkett Smith has been, has been vocal about it. Like people know about it. And certainly if you're a quote unquote friend of the Smiths, like Chris Rock apparently has been in the past, you should probably know that this is tough territory. Right. And he goes on to say that, he can't wait for GI Jane too, um, a movie that is just like, well, that's just so insensitive and just kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I, it's not really even funny, even if Will Smith doesn't react the way he does, it just wasn't really funny. Um, uh, and so, but Will Smith does react and, you know, goes on stage and smacks the shit out of him. Like just open hand slaps the shit out of Chris Rock and then tells him, you know, keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth. Uh, and then Chris Rock is like, hey, it was a joke. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Like, calm down. I, it's just a mistake uh, piled on with another probably bigger mistake from Will Smith to go and slap somebody in the, on, on live television. Just both of them um, should have handled this behind closed doors, you know, uh, this is clearly something that, that bothered both Will and Jada address it, address it afterwards. Um, cause you, you still have your award to win later on in the show. Everyone, pretty much everyone knew that Will Smith, it was his Oscar to lose for best actor. Um, he's won a ton of awards over the past couple months, you know, from critics choice to SAGs, you know, all that, all that different shit, golden globes. He's been winning a lot of stuff. And, you know, the Vegas odds were in highest favor of Will Smith. It was like, okay, you're probably going to win, man. So don't, don't ruin this moment, man. He did a little bit. You know, he, he tainted it a little bit. And, and that sucks. But I feel worse for the rest of the ceremony. Um, the other three and a half hours. The, 
the win for Coda for best picture, you know, uh, the win for drive my car for best international film, the win for Jane Campion, the third woman to ever win best director. All those get kind of overshadowed by this moment. And that's the stuff I feel most, most, you know, f- feel the worst for just like, Holy shit, you know, Coda, this like revolutionary best picture winner, a movie that's, uh, it's unlike any other best picture winner ever is going to be overshadowed. And that sucks. It, yeah, it put a, a it dampened everyone's spirits. You could tell that, you know, I mean, and I don't want to admit this, but Amy Schumer was right. There was a, you know, the vibe changed and they tried to, you know, joke about it, but it just, it, it didn't take like, it was too, it was too raw. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Chris Rock, I, I feel like that was not a scripted joke. He was riffing. He didn't think about it. It just came to him and he said it, you know, comedians do that. He shouldn't have done that. Will Smith should also not have gone on stage in the middle of a live show and smacked him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not. Yeah. It's It's just, it's just shit that should have been handled, you know, when the commercial breaks slap him then. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like maybe, I don't know, you know, mouth something to him like, Hey, fuck you, dude. I'll see you after the fucking, after the ceremony. Cause I still have a motherfucking statue to win. Um, but you know, thank, 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 thank goodness, you know, um, guys like Denzel Washington and, um, uh, Tyler Perry were there because apparently they went over to Will during the commercial break and were like, Hey man, cool off, like chill out. You shouldn't have done that. Now, now, you know, find some composure here because you, you, you're about to have your moment and, and he does, and he does, and he does have his moment and, you know, his speech was, was very interesting after after all that happened so it was it was a wild moment um you know the most the most controversial moment in recent oscar history like a hundred percent um you know we haven't had something like this happen like ever where there's just actual like violence happening on on stage um i don't think will smith should like get in huge trouble or anything but it's going to be talked about yeah it is uh if anything, it's really made me kind of rethink my opinion of Will Smith because that was a very quick, very heavy reaction to a stupid joke. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. I think, uh, sorry, I'm coughing a lot. I've been, been pretty sick the past, past, past week, week or so. That's <clears throat> partly why I wasn't on Oscar Sunday yesterday and my daughter also got sick, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to miss this for anything. And, and then this show happened and I was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> We're going to have some shit to talk about. Yeah, it's, I, I, I hate that. I would like one ceremony where some stupid shit doesn't happen where we can just have the awards. <sighs> yeah. 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 The, the best, the best ceremony in, in my recent memory is the 92nd Academy Awards when Parasite destroyed and Bong Joon-ho was up there just fucking laughing, having a good time, making jokes, making people cry, uh, quoting Martin Scorsese. I want to go back to that. I really want to go back to that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, cause, cause last year we had the weird, weird Oscars where it was like really limited. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was in a completely different building and you had the weird fuck up at the end of wait, Anthony Hopkins won. I thought Chadwick Boseman was supposed to, you know, was supposed to win uh so it had that you know and 
Um, this one obviously trumps trumps all in recent memory. Um, just such a such a weird weird fucking night. Uh, and, and and again, it's it's going to take away from Coda. It's not like Coda's not my favorite movie from the ceremony, but it, it won Best Picture. And I don't know, it was like a fifty fifty horse race between that and uh, Power of the Dog according to, you know, all the Vegas odds and whatnot. So it was just like, oh, man, we got robbed of a really cool moment. Well, I, I wouldn't say we got robbed because the, the win for Coda felt, still felt special, and they made it their moment. They, they kind of, in my opinion, wiped the, the stink of that moment away and made it about them because that's what <laughs> they got, and I, I appreciated that. Uh, so I, I think in the end, I think at the end of this, the night belonged to Coda, and you know that's what we're gonna. I, I want to kind of just no longer talk about the Will Smith shit because now I want to talk about the like the what the Oscars are supposed to be about the the winners. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think getting that out of the way, and also it's 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 everywhere. It's gonna be everywhere on the internet. It's gonna be the talk of the town for the next next couple of weeks until something else really stupid happens. Uh, so. That's, that's just what it is. Uh, you know, um, like you said, it's the elephant in the room. You can't really move on unless you just bring it up. And that's that. Um, and, you know, Will Smith, this is a, I believe his third nomination ever. And yeah, finally got, finally got a win. And it seems like this kind of culminating type win that, you know, people, he's just one of the biggest movie stars in the world and has been for the past 25 years. And so it was cool. It's, it's cool that he ha- he's had this journey. It's just, it's just going to be talked about in a different way now. So tough, tough stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so our ceremony opens with uh, Beyonce's performance of Be Alive from King Richard, which is performed in Compton in a makeshift tennis court thing. And all I could think about was, I wonder who had to like change their commute home because there was a giant green box in the middle of their neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And they have no idea that Beyonce's in, in, in that green box. Yeah. I definitely I mean, thought about that too. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good song, good performance. Um, but it was, I, I thought that was an odd way to open the show. Um, I, I, I think they opened it up that way just simply because it's Beyonce. It's the biggest star that they have like in the entire ceremony. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's let's open up with with Beyonce and let's have her this person that will get people who wouldn't watch the Oscars normally interested in watching the Oscars if she's she's gonna be doing this huge, like honestly, yeah, incredible production. So like uh I get it, but I'm with you. It's like I'm not really crazy about those performances, uh being in the ceremony. I, they take a lot of time. And I thought that's something we were trying to cut. That idea of you know, this, this will bring new people to watch the Oscars. Let's be honest. Has that ever actually worked? I mean, I don't know. People who are going to watch the Oscars are going to watch the Oscars. You're not going to convince new people to watch the Oscars. The only way to convince people is if they knew that Will Smith was going to slap somebody. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe the, maybe the numbers will go up next year because now they're expecting some Jerry Springer type shit to happen. So I don't, I don't, I don't like, yeah, 
I don't, this is the kind of shit that belongs at the Golden Globes. This is the Academy Awards. Like, this is, there's prestige here. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Insanity. Um, Yeah. Unreal. So our first award of the night was Best Supporting Actress. Ariana DeBose took this for West Side Story. Uh, Okay. This is my, the one category here that honestly, I really didn't have a, have a favorite. Um, all five of those performances um, I thought were good, but I didn't consider any of them Oscar worthy personally. Uh, I, I like I like all of those. I like all I, I like all of those. I I like all the actor actresses too. Um, Ariana's new, you know, she's a new new face, and that's 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 cool to see because she's doing everything, you know. And you know, it's neat that Rita Rita Moreno won, you know, sixty years ago, and now. Ariana wins playing Anita. So that's, that's, that's like a neat story. Uh, my vote probably would have been uh, Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. I thought, I thought she was like unbelievable in that movie. She was my favorite performer in King Richard. I, I, I was like pleasantly surprised by that film. I just watched it like a week ago uh, to get ready for the ceremony. But um, yeah, it's not like a crazy strong group, but at least they're, you know, Judy Dench, she's a fucking legend. Kirsten Dunst is, is a, is a actress. I think that hasn't got the right respect over the past 20 years. Um, and Jesse Buckley, like look out for her. She's, she's, she's on her way to something special, I think. Um, and this is the first of, I think going to be many, many Oscar nominations. Well, hopefully you're right. I just, uh, I don't know. When I think of a best performance, I want like power and, like unforgettable <laughs> an unforgettable performance and i just didn't see that with these five but you know that's that's more of a me problem i acknowledge that <laughs> yeah what, um so if you had to vote who would you vote for uh i did vote for ingenue ellis yeah um, yeah but i frankly i thought that nominate my nomination probably should have gone to one of the uh william sisters considering okay. more about them and i thought both of them did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, um, what's their names? One of them's Demi, and the other one I can't. Uh, the one who plays Venus, I think, is incredible and should have been up if she was going to be up. Would have been up for just straight up best actress yeah. in a lead role. Uh, thought she was great. She's playing fucking tennis, and not a lot of people can do that. I think Anjanou, uh brings the pain a few times uh, in King Richard, specifically the scene that they showed for the little little clip montage which god i love those oh, so much they, the they clips always, are back the clips are back yeah. I'm so happy clips yeah. that's my my favorite part are clips and montages those are my favorite things so um yeah good to have that yeah um after that we had best sound which is uh brings up a contentious point i think that pissed both of us off um yeah all of the quote-unquote minor awards that the Oscars have deemed unworthy of live pre- presentation were tweeted out early. Uh, why? I, I don't fucking know, because the show still went over like a half hour. So yeah, it wasn't yeah. to save time. Uh, but we all, you know, we knew a lot of these before the show started, which was some bullshit. But yeah, Dune took best sound. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely the thing that the thing that made me most upset. Um, so yeah, we knew this like I don't know a month ago or whatever that they had these eight categories. And, you know, there's 23, and they're like eight of them are going to be announced, not live, 
necessarily that it's going to be spliced together. You could tell, you could fucking tell because they're going through them really fast compared to the other categories. And I, I, I like hate that with all my, all my being, um, especially like cinematography. Uh, it's kind of important. Um, you know, score is kind of important for how a movie feels to somebody, you know, part of the thing you're supposed to be doing at something like the Oscars is showing how hard it is to make a movie and how much of an accomplishment it is. And to take away these technical, you know, hugely important categories just, just doesn't sit well with uh, real movie fans. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me so angry that I, I, I left at like six fifteen to go get some food come back in time so i'll be ready at seven to watch the show and i knew that they were announcing them early but i didn't know they're going to show up on the internet for people to just have you know and i I just saw on twitter like the academy the academy their actual account was uh tweeting out the winners of these awards and i was like i'm in line at taco motherfucking cabana right now and i'm 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 seeing that dune's picking up all their awards you know dune get didn't dune get that that movie won six awards. It won the most most awards of the whole night, and you know, we didn't really get to have that moment with the movie. We didn't really get to have it. They just spliced together those categories through the show, and I, I just didn't like that. <coughs> no, I thought it was it, it actually like legitimately upset me when I saw that that text that you sent me. I'm like, well, shit. Like, why are we even bothering watching the show if we can just get it live tweeted to us like, and find out in 10 minutes? Yeah, the, what's the difference between you and the Golden Globes at that point, you know? Um, and that's, that's really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I really hope that doesn't continue. I think they got a lot of backlash from, from people. Um, I, know, I, know, I, I know a lot of... There's not one person I know that's a movie fan that was like, yeah, that sounds nice. Let's cut those out. Let's cut those out and make them quicker. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we go further, I do want to acknowledge um, our three hosts of the night, uh, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer. They did a good job. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. They did well. Uh, I still think they, they didn't need to be there, but they handled themselves well. They handled some awkward moments very well. And... Uh, Still had those moments of like, you know, stupid shit, like when uh, Regina Hall's doing those like hot guy COVID test shit. Like, I didn't need that. Um, that was, <laughs> that was really dumb. Yeah. That and the, um, when they come out in costumes, like, I don't, it, it's a waste of time. I don't need that shit. Just let the presenters read and let me go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and, and there's just, I don't know, the host thing. I'll just never really be able to, to, to figure it out in my mind. Cause I've watched old ceremonies where, you know, Billy Crystal is just crushing it and it's like making the show move like fucking butter. Uh, and then you watch some where it's like, Oh, this is a complete disaster. You know, they're not handling it at all. Uh, I thought they did good in moments. And I do think Amy Schumer did well with that moment where she kind of was like, Oh, it's a little weird um, with everything that happened. The, my, my biggest complaint with their, their fucking most of their kind of dumb jokes was the disrespect to the last duel did not need to happen that did not need to happen that's a good fucking movie that got shut out and i was like how dare you disrespect ridley scott like that god damn it 
I'm the only one in my house who understood that joke. Nobody else had even heard of that movie. I was I was bummed out. But yeah, I, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? Like nobody saw it. It it bombed. I I, I thought it was a I thought it, it was a decent joke. I guess I just I love that movie. So I was that's that's a movie. If it came out 15 years ago, the Academy would be all over its dick, and uh, you know. Like Gladiator won Best Picture, you know, in 2000. And this is a movie by the same guy along the same lines, you know, <laughs> and like just this big epic film with these great movie stars. And it's just like, well, I don't, I don't really get it. It's one of those movies that I don't understand why it was shut out, but whatever. <laughs> That's just one of those personal things where it's like, oh, you hurt me. You hurt my taste. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, honestly, like they didn't really have any memorable jokes beyond that like i can't think of any well the show just ended 10 minutes ago i can't think of any uh yeah, but yeah neither, neither can i yeah the oscar host is just there to move things along and i thought for the most part they did well at that they, they did they did fine yeah they didn't do bad you know it wasn't like oh my god what a disaster one to sykes was like they all three did okay they did fine yeah um after best sound we got best cinematography which was also just kind of hurried along uh greg fraser won this for dune so Dune takes up its second technical award of the night, starting a trend. Uh, yeah, Greg Fraser. This is the guy who filmed the Batman as well. So, you know, uh, he's clearly got a vision, a serious vision uh, for how he wants things to look and how, how fucking dark, how dark it can get. So I'm, I'm a fan. Do you find it weird how almost everybody who won for Dune like got down on their knees and like thanked Denis Villeneuve like he was some omnipotent god who gave them a, like a life uh, yeah I, I, I think I think he does get that respect from his people uh, but I also think it was because he didn't get nominated for best director and so they were like hey we're going to shout this guy out as many times as we possibly can because he's not in that category for whatever reason fair enough I just thought they could have maybe scaled that back a little bit it was getting yeah, weird. I, after like I the agree. fourth person I, did it I was like all right I get it. And they all, they all like all said in French, like, thank you. Thank you, Denny. You're, you're the master. <laughs> I wanted to be like, yeah, okay. Okay. Like my he's, inner, he's, a, he's good. He's a good filmmaker. <laughs> my inner Larry David came out and I'm like, all right, come on, come on, sit down. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then it was best documentary short winner was the queen of basketball. Yes. Uh, Yes, I love the Queen of Basketball. That's the only one I've seen. But um, my my brother, my oldest brother Adam, his friend, his name's Eric. Eric is friends with uh, Mr. Pradfoot, the guy who directed the film. Um, and so he was like, "Hey, I'm going to send you guys a link to this this uh, this doc. It's like 20 minutes." He's like, "I'd love for you guys to check it out. It's about this basketball player." So I watched this. You know, I've watched it twice. I watched it this month this month on YouTube. And then I watched it months and months ago on YouTube as well. Um, and I'm completely moved by it. I, I'm so glad it won. And I thought his speech was really fucking cool. Um, so <coughs> um, I want to see the other ones. Cause I love those, those short documentaries are, are, are usually pretty powerful. Uh, but that's the only one I've actually seen. So it's cool to see it win. Nice. Um, yeah. I haven't, uh, Short, short films are just, I haven't really uh, started that yet. Uh, 
I've never really paid much attention to, sh to short films of any kind. And I don't want to, you know, diminish their importance. It's just something I have not yet uh, taken a look at. Yeah, a lot of them are, a lot of them are, um, they're, they're, they're not, you know, advertised or anything. So it's hard to know, like, where do I get this? Or where do I find it? What, what is this on? Uh, but, you know, like you said, it's, it's not something to be, you know, kind of taken lightly. It's, it's, it's filmmaking. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's more than I'm doing. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, later on tonight, thanks to the best short film categories, we got to see Riz Ahmed take home a statue. Exactly. Which, exactly. Which really cool. So. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, visual effects, Dune. Uh, I was hoping Spider-Man could squeeze out a win here, but the Academy has really never liked comic book movies. Yeah, God, especially especially ones that people enjoy jesus you know i mean what the fuck yeah i mean i i i'll never understand especially specifically with no way home why that that movie literally brought human beings together uh and should have been celebrated a lot more at something like the oscars but whatever fucking stupid let's take a moment to discuss those uh weird top five like greatest movie moments of all time thing oh, and uh, God. like the the fan favorite moment of the year uh <laughs> what yeah that was that was fucking hoax that was so stupid and, and the fact that i'm seeing army of the dead while i'm at the while i'm watching the oscars as a fan favorite type thing like what what, what is this Zack Snyder took both of those in the number one. Yeah. What is with this? I, I didn't think I'd have to bring that fucking mountain of baggage I've got with this guy to this show, but here we are. Thanks for doing this to me, guys. Why? What? Did they, did they watch the same movie I did? Like, what is this bl blind loyalty to Zack Snyder? I will never understand this. And to top best movie moment of all time and best moment of the year. I just don't, I don't get it. Am, am, am I the, I'm starting to think, am I the problem? No, no, you aren't. No, that was, that was one of the most bizarre things. They need to get rid of that completely uh, next year. It's just, just silly. Well, it was, what was it? It was the matrix when Neo <laughs> does the bullet dodge thing, which was really cool. 99. It's been it's lost some steam over the years. I'll, I'll admit that. Then it was Dream Girls, which was an out of left field decision. Yeah, 2004. Okay. Yeah. Um, then it was Avengers Endgame, you know, Avengers Assemble. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Then the Spider Man swinging through New York City, I think. Or was it the meme thing? No, it was the, it was the three Spider Man like flying in together, which, okay. which is pre pretty cool. Yeah, that was epic. And then it's a zombie jumping into a helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got it. and Dream Girls 2006, my bad. But yeah, that was real random. And then the the fan pleasing moments of the year uh, are escaping me. I, it was um, Spider Man No Way Home. I think that was the meme moment or the the, the webbing moment. Yeah, like what, what that comes out of your actual hand. Yeah, uh, the Justice League, the Flash. I was like that. I kind of liked that Snyder cut thing, but like that was the moment. Of the know. year, the moment where <laughs> Flash kind of decides to run through the Speed Force, but we've had no buildup to any of that, so there's no, like, passion in it. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. What a way, what, what a not wasted opportunity that was. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that stuff boggles my mind. Like those decisions, like who, who is okaying that being like, yeah, this is what we should do with our ceremony. You know, this will really, really get people interested. Yeah. You know what the kids love? Dream girls. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best stuff. Yeah. Um, so sparse throughout the ceremony, we've got these musical performances, uh, Dos Oruguitas, which was very sweet. That was a good performance. Yeah. The Reba McIntyre singing uh, Somehow You Do, which looks uh, from Four Good Days, which looks like a hilarious movie. Yeah, I, 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 I had heard of that movie, but I hadn't heard about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like a fucking downer. I'll, I'll probably love it. I love Glenn Close, uh, but it's going to make me cry. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested in watching it as well. We didn't get uh, Van Morrison's Belfast song because Van Morrison uh, didn't didn't come. I think he had a, either a concert or just didn't give a shit. Yeah, well, you, you're supposed to be vaccinated. Uh, and, you uh, know, he's he's obviously there it is totally against that. That's why they had two Encanto songs. Yeah. God damn it, man. Uh, Billie Eilish and her brother played No Time to Die. Wonderful. And then they played a weird like Oscar style version of the Bruno song. Yeah. That was, that was fine. I guess, you know, I, I personally thought that was a colossal waste of time, but you know, whatever people love the Bruno song. I think it's an okay song. I, I don't know. I'm starting to think I'm like an old, like, I just don't get it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's moved past me. I'm, I'm trapped. You, you, you might, you might just be. I don't know. I think that was that was an excuse for them to bring out, you know, like Meg the Stallion and like, oh yeah, let's get these relevant people that people like. But again, it's the Oscars. Um, most of the people that are watching just care about movies, so let's do that. I had no idea who that was. Uh, yeah, yeah. There I, you go. I asked my cousin Brenna, like, who is that? And she's like, that's Megan the Stallion. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. She's a she's a she's a Texan. She yeah, she's pretty badass. I like her. Okay. Yeah, I'm old. I I can't I can't learn new things anymore in pop culture. I can't do it anymore. You like you, <laughs> you like once it gets past 2010, you're like, nope, no. Nope. Remember you remember Bill Burr talking about like you're in your bubble, and then like once you get out of your bubble, you can't learn new things anymore. Like everything you learned is in the bubble. Yeah, gotta go back. Yeah, back. Like to the I'm bubble. in the bubble. I'm in the bubble. <laughs> oh god damn it. Uh Encanto, one animated film. No surprise there. It was a no. lot. I want it to be Mitchell's versus Machines, but yeah, there's no way. Yeah, you can't bet against Disney, and Disney had three up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then Flea. Flea was up for documentary, foreign film, and animated film. That's never happened in the history of the Academy Awards, so that was pretty cool. I got to see that. That's on Hulu. Um, I, might, I might watch that when we're done here. Yeah, if I've got you know, steam I've got to watch this week's uh, filmgasm topic, but you know, yeah, definitely. If you watch it, let me know. Yeah, I will. Uh, animated short went to the windshield wiper, uh, which looked neat. I don't know what it's about, but the animation style looked uh, creative. Yeah. That's the thing about those, those shorts, those animated shorts. They're always, they always look more uh, enticing to me than the actual films that are up for best animated. Cause animated, it's always Disney, Disney, Pixar, Disney, Pixar. DreamWorks, maybe. 
Yeah. And then with the the animated shorts, it's like these fucking real grown up, like adult type animated films. And I'm 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 just curious about them. So I, there are places to to watch these. And actually, we used to have a theater here, the Bijou, in San Antonio, that used to show the shorts back to back to back to back. You know, um, I would I would love to do that at some point in the future for a different ceremony. You know. Yeah, I definitely want to put. You know, I mean, I put we put work in every year for these ceremonies, but I really want to want to have a clean slate on it one, oh. one year. Just watch every nominee from, you know, short film to documentary, everything. Uh, I thought I was going to do it this time, but I'm in grad school. So <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, as, as things get more normal, I think things will be easier to get access to, you know, as we continue to kind of fight, fight through COVID and, it'll get get more more normal to be able to see that kind of stuff in theaters and have access to it uh but i'm down i'm down if you are right now to make a pact that the 95th academy awards will be for you and i a clean slate kind of ceremony where we've seen everything a pact now we're yes. talking now we're talking yeah we have right. I, I i'm i'm gonna guess next year it's it's they're gonna put it back to either early march or maybe even february again for the oscars I would, you know, we got like a year, you know, and I think it'd be cool if we both tried to, in whatever way it is, you know, if it's seeing in theaters, if it's finding it on YouTube, whatever it is, you know, find everything that we can uh, and, and, and watch it all so that we have all these films under our belt, including animated shorts. Okay, I'm in. I will shake your hand through this computer screen. That is a pact. 95th Academy Awards. Makes sense. We were born in 1985. Let's do it. Exactly. Yeah, this is a good. All right. I like it. I like it. Cool. Let's do that. Because uh, we have a um, we have a family bet on the Oscars every year. And you obliterated us with like 20 out of 23 category. I can't. I've never I've never gotten even close to that. So I applaud you. So clearly I got to just follow what you do with these things and just watch what you're watching because you you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I uh, even though you've seen a lot more than I have from this ceremony for sure, I've, I'm, I'm still, I still have a lot of homework to do. I still really want to see, um, uh, fucking uh, parallel mothers, and I want to see worst person in the world. I still haven't seen the eyes of Tammy Faye, so I've got some, got some fucking work to do. Um, but I, 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 I eat this shit up. I don't know what it is. I, I love listening to people talk about what's going to happen and talk about other award shows. And following following this this pattern that seems to happen with 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 these shows, um, and this year I, this is the best I've ever done. True. One thing I do want to talk about before we move, I loved the anniversary uh, oh, cast oh. matchups that they had for um for the presenters, having Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, and Woody Harrelson oh, come out for the for White Men Can't Jump was so cool. Pulp Fiction, Tra- yeah. Travolta and Thurman doing the fucking twist behind yeah. Sam Jackson. You can't get any more epic than that. Yeah, those were those were really sweet. At one point, Francis Ford Coppola, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro were on the stage together, and that was shortly after what happened with Will Smith happened. And I was like, "This is not going to get enough attention that these three iconic people are on the stage at the same time." Fiftieth anniversary of The Godfather, like holy shit, this is so cool. I thought it was neat that Pacino and De Niro didn't say a word, and I'm like, "Well, they don't have to." That's Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. They have said enough. Yeah. Like their very presence here is saying 
volumes. <laughs> it was almost like they were his bodyguards. And I was like, I like this. This is cool. It's like they're in character. <laughs> yeah, that was Michael Corleone and a young Vito protecting the director. <laughs> yeah. God, so badass, dude. Yeah, I really, really liked that stuff. I thought that was really neat. Um, and I, I would like to see that happen again in the future. Just shout out movies that people love, you know. And today, um, well, if you're listening to this, it's Monday. But yesterday, uh, on, on the actual day of the Oscars, it was, it was Quentin Tarantino's 59th birthday. So that was really neat to have the Pulp Fiction bit. Uh, and those people come out there, this iconic film. So that was great. Of course, Quentin Tarantino would be born on on an Oscar Sunday. Is that, is that guy like, could he be any more representative of just like fucking movies? Cinema. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really cool touch. I was hoping for, you know, considering Spider-Man had such a, you know, hurricane of attention last year, I was hoping Holland Garfield and McGuire would come out and present something, but you know, I guess not. Yeah, they showed Garfield a bunch, you know, because he was up for Tick, Tick, Boom, but um, didn't look like Tom Holland was there. Zendaya was there, but no Tom Holland, and I didn't see Toby. I get why Toby's not there, but it, w- it was weird that Zendaya was there and Tom wasn't. <laughs> like, I wonder if he's, is he filming something? I thought he was taking a break. Yeah, me too, and Zendaya obviously um, is a part of Dune, so she was there uh, supporting that, but it was like, how is Tom not there? Yeah, I, I was confused by that weird uh best supporting actor this was so cool troy kotzer took this became the first deaf actor to win this award uh i loved uh who was who presented this one again um somebody uh, yeah it was somebody huge oh um minari uh from last year she won best supporting actress Uh, um her name escapes me. I'm going to look it up, but that was such a sweet moment because it looked like she was her his biggest fan. I want to say Yeo Jung Yoon. I hope I hope that's correct. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I always stumble on Korean names, and I always feel bad that I stumble on Korean names. Well, it's um, you know it's difficult, you know, and we're, we're big we're big fans. You know, Minari's a great film. My heart is in the right place, believe me. Um, but yeah, she signed it, and that's when everybody was like, oh, and they all did a um the, the like sign language applause and he came up there and gave a heartfelt beautiful speech about his father and the deaf community that had me in absolute tears yeah Uh, i'm so glad he won it was such an amazing performance i had i had bet on cody smith mcphee because i thought power of the dog was going to dominate the show uh and i'm so glad it was coda that kind of dominated the show because i loved that movie and i really wanted it to make a splash but i thought it was going to get shut out uh that was a great start to uh, what I felt was a very well-earned series of wins. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this was the sweetest moment of the whole show to me was, was him winning um, the, the grace that he had on that stage. It was just really cool. And it was a, it was a story that was like worth our time. Uh, he, he was really going somewhere with his speech and he fucking nailed it, you know, um, Easily my favorite speech of the whole night. He was great. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see where this like the doors this opens for him. An Oscar win, big fucking deal. So I'm hoping he gets to you know get get to do some meatier stuff because he's an he's a fantastic actor. I loved him in Coda. Oh yeah, and he's just he, he looks like so much fun to hang out with. So yeah, I, I I would I would I would bet that he's gonna have 
complete career resurgence, you know, and this guy who's been apparently been acting for a long time and has done different things on stage and um, has been all over the place. You know, he finally got his like that little break that, that some people need. Yeah. Beautiful. What a oh, great international yeah. film went to drive my car. No surprise there. If, you know, safe bet. If, if a foreign film is also up for best picture, it's, it's going to take foreign film or international yeah. Yeah, and best director, you know, um, Hamaguchi is a guy who's been around for a long time. People love his work. Uh, he had two movies come out last year, and this is the one that kind of took everybody by storm. It's a great film. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend that one if you haven't seen it. I, uh, <coughs> I haven't really gotten to talk about my thoughts on Drive My Car. Just the way I watched it, it was like an inconvenient time for all of our shows. I didn't really have a moment to spotlight it. Uh, but I did watch it. Uh, it took me two days. It's a three hour film. It's long. Yeah. But I loved it. It was a phenomenal story of grief and just kind of being stuck in a place where you can't really forgive somebody, but you also can't move on and just having to kind of understand what you need to do to find that place. It was, it was a beautiful, relatable, incredibly well acted drama that I I'm very glad I watched. Uh, and I didn't expect to like it. So those are always the best, you know, when you can get lost in a three hour Japanese drama about grief. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked that. That's definitely my, it's my second favorite film of the best picture uh, nominees. Of course, you know, licorice pizza is my favorite, of course, but I love drive my car. I think it's totally worth the three hours and, does a lot of stuff and, and some of the decision making from Amaguchi is is incredible. Uh, his patience is obviously his greatest attribute. And uh, there's that one scene, I won't like spoil it or anything, but you you'll know what I'm talking about. When they're in the car and finally the director and the act that that young actor are like fucking talking back and forth, and the young actor tells that story. Oh my god, you know, the so tense. It it it's it's got these pockets of like genius filmmaking. And um, that's like why we, why we, why we watch stuff that's that long is if it has those random, you know, moments of juice where you're like, Whoa, I, I got to know what happens next. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, it has, it has a few of those um, and, and incredible performances. I really wish there would have been some nominations there, but um, I also was really upset. Well, while, while uh, Raisuke was Hamaguchi was giving his speech after he oh. won after the movie won. They cut him off so quick, you know. Like, goddamn, the music started playing. And he was like, oh, "Oh, like, give me a second. Like, his English isn't great, but like, fuck off. Like, let the dude talk for a second. This is gonna be his only award, so please, like, let him be." Um, that that was frustrating, but it's it's an Oscar winner, and I it will be an Oscar Sunday episode at some point. Yeah, that was incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> I was. Yeah, uh, there were some moments of this show that like felt like they weren't taking it seriously, or there was this like, yeah, respect around the the uh, like you know institution. Uh, I just I don't know what that was all about. Is, is that trying to be you know hip to the kids too? Like, hey, you know, we don't even care either. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, me neither, man. I don't. Yeah, sometimes I'm like I'm I'm the same way where I'm like, am I reading into this too much, or is this really fucked? Yeah, yeah. It does because we do Oscar Sunday because we're constantly analyzing this shit. I can't help 
but just think like, do they care as much as I do? <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we had best live action short, which went to the long goodbye. And I believe this is Riz Ahmed's win. Correct. Yeah. And that, that, that seemed like that seemed like a shoe in type win, like a for sure done deal because Riz Ahmed just was up last year um, for an Oscar and sound of metal one stuff. And I was like, feel like they're going to recognize this guy because he's doing multiple things within the film industry. He's trying his hand at different things. Um, And I think they like to reward that just like they gave quest love. Here's a guy who's been around for a long time in pop culture. Let's go ahead and give him the award for best doc. I I think those things do matter with the Oscars. Uh, Like, like Kobe Bryant has an Oscar. It's like, was that really the best short from that year? I don't know, but it's fucking Kobe. So let's give him the award. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't, I don't. Neither, neither do I, but I think, I think there's truth to it. And that's why I chose it on my, on my predictions. I was like, yeah, I think Riz Ahmed's taking this shit. Yeah. You're not wrong. There is truth to it. I just, I think that's insincere. I, I don't like, it feels like a participation trophy to me. And I don't like participation trophies. I feel like if you earned it, you get it. And sometimes they just don't earn it. And there were a few this night that I don't feel were earned, but I feel like it was a, it's their turn kind of statue. This isn't one of them, but we're going to get to one down the road. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, this might this this might be some some fighting words, but I, I do think, in particular, the screenplay award. I think they gave to Brannick because he didn't get anything else. Um, Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. I I don't I, think Belfast. I'm not a huge huge fan of that one. I, I like compared to Licorice Pizza. I just I don't know. And, and uh, I mean, Don't Look Up is fucking far worse. So this category for. Original screenplay is usually my like my, one of my very favorite categories. This year, no, just no. I just uh, I, I, I don't get down with it. Okay, we are we're, we're going to talk about that, but <laughs> not yet. I gotta I gotta calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna fucking slap me. <laughs> God damn Christ! Uh, I can honestly say I've never been that pissed. Uh. But then again, you know, no one's ever made fun of my wife's alopecia. I, I can't, I'm trying yeah, to wrap my head around the situation. I can't, I know we're going to keep coming back to it because it's just so fucking crazy. It is the, one of the most insane things. I mean, it, like, think about that, that moment when uh, La La Land got read off and it was actually supposed to be Moonlight. This is that times 10, you know, so uh, just a big deal. This would have been like if, you know, Barry Jenkins walked <laughs> up there, like Dex Warren Beatty for reading the wrong name. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Then we'd be then it would be the same level, but no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Barry Jenkins. Yeah, right. <laughs> Guy wouldn't hurt a fly. Oh boy. <laughs> Costume design. Uh Corella took this. Uh to me, this was this was a no-brainer. When in doubt, do you know, pick, pick the movie that is about fashion. Uh it's costumes are what that movie's about so that was that was a guarantee for me yeah and jenny jenny beaven i believe is her name she's won this is her third award she's someone that's just been around for for a long time when it comes to the oscars and, and just knows what she's doing seems like a really cool lady so yeah i was cool with that the costume designers whenever they win they're always so fucking casual about it it's like oh this is my eighth statue or whatever yeah <laughs> I, I i told i told brianna i was like uh I loved what she was wearing. I thought it was really cool, but I couldn't help but think about Anglo 
from It's Always Sunny because of her hair, uh, Danny DeVito. I'm going Yeah, the art, the art uh, collector. Yeah, derivative. Derivative. <laughs> her hair was the exact same as that. Jesus Christ. I didn't even notice that. But yeah, now I'm now I can see it. That's beautiful. Uh, Anglo. <laughs> uh, so good. God. Uh, original screenplay. Okay, here we go. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Kenneth Bronick won this for Belfast. And I believe this was 100% earned. Belfast is a beautiful story that he took from his own childhood that he has clearly been wanting to make for a very long time. And just seeing him walk up there to Van Morrison's song, I was like, yes, I like Kenneth Branagh. He got an Oscar. He did it. Belfast won something. Yes, I was so happy. Uh, yeah, I, I'll stand by that film. I, I was touched by it. I loved it. I, I, it was my pick for best picture behind, like, that and Coda were pretty neck and neck for me. Uh, yeah, this was a this was an, an earned win for me. Yeah, I I I, I don't think it won anything else, and I not. think I, I I don't know I don't know maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think they've done this in the past uh, from just think uh, I, they just they sometimes they like to spread the love. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and this is you know this is this is just. Uh, 10 nominations now for Paul Thomas Anderson. And I'm just like, <laughs> what does the guy have to do? What does he have to, what does he have to conjure up for you guys to give this guy an award? Well, um, so a little, I'm a little just a, straightforward I'm, narrative would be nice. Well, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happening with, with, with him. And it's, I think he knows it. He knows it's not going to ever win, you know, doesn't matter if he writes boogie nights or licorice pizza. It's not happening. Kenneth Bronick though. Uh, nominated for Best Director and Best Actor in a Lead Role for Henry V <coughs> from 1989. Uh, best Short Film, Swan Song, 1992. Hamlet, 1996, Screenplay. Uh, best, uh, best Actor in a, a Supporting Role, My Week with Marilyn, 2011. And finally, now he has, has this win. So I do think it was, it was a long time coming, right, for him as well. So I just, I, I don't know. I, you and my oldest brother, love Belfast and so I was like I'm gonna love this movie and I watched it and I was like I don't know I just wasn't that moved by it and I also am not a uh I'm not a big fan of Van Morrison so like that oh. that, that uh, his music or his politics <laughs> I, I think I didn't think it matched well with the film like at all and I thought the I thought the black and white photography like just was really flat and really kind of just like uh, just like didn't didn't stick out to me at all. I, the moment that I loved from that movie was when the high noon music plays. That was the moment that I liked the most. That's I gave it a seven. I thought it was fine, but I didn't love it. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> uh, man, I all right. Van Morrison, from what I'm gathering, is a bit of a piece of shit as a human being. I, I'm understanding that over the past year. Uh, but I I love his music. I Van Morrison has played in my house for three generations. I love his music so much. Uh, yeah. It yeah. went perfectly with this Northern Irish story of family. Like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Obviously, you know, the connection of, of, of Bel- he's from Belfast. Uh, actually, I think with that particular film, I just didn't think it really made sense. <laughs> I wanted something more. 
I think, and I think my expectations were a little like a bit too high. And that, 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 that happens to me a lot. Damn, this is the hardest. We've disagreed on a film in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I, well, I, I got nothing. Well, well, well you, you know, I love the power of the dog and I know you're not, um, that's kind of like our swap. It's like, I love the power of the dog. You're kind of like, it's okay. And that's how I am with Belfast and you love Belfast. It's kind of like a switch. It makes sense. Belfast is more your speed and part of the dog is definitely more my speed. Really slow. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I was happy to see Kenneth Bronick finally get a statue for a film that meant a lot to him personally. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No. And I was happy. I was like, I bet Connor's really happy with that. So that, that was, that was nice. I, 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 I gotta say, man, don't look up. I, like as time goes on, I'm just kind of like, I'm never going to fucking watch that movie again. I don't care. I don't think it belongs to this ceremony at all. If the last duel isn't here, if the French dispatch isn't here, this movie certainly shouldn't be here. Yeah. I'm going to give you that. Don't look up. I liked it in the moment. I feel like I won't like it the next time I watch it. It's one of those kind of like eights hanging off of a cliff kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another thing, I know this has nothing to do with, with the ceremony, but you mentioned uh, Brannock got a screenplay nomination for Hamlet. What is he, what is he doing? Like, what are you doing to a Shakespeare script that gets you a nomination for a screenplay? It's a, it's a screenplay that was written hundreds of years ago. Like, how are you changing it? I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen that one, that 1996 one. I, I don't know. I probably will never watch it. <laughs> it's just weird. It, it bugs me when Shakespeare adaptations get nominations for screenplay. Like, who are you nominating? Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that's good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he took screenplay, uh, adapted screenplay, went to Sean Heater for Coda, uh, which is cool. That, I thought, Power the Dog had that locked. So, th- this is, yeah, yeah, I... I thought it was part, part of the dog or drive my car for this one. I, so I, I just learned a couple of days ago. I didn't know Coda was already a fucking movie. Yeah, it's a remake. On, I didn't know that. I, that that uh, I don't like that as much. I, I don't like, like, like it's a French movie or. Yeah. So they're just like, let's just make it American. Let's just make it English speaking. I don't really like that. I, I thought it was a book. No, it's a remake. I mean, yeah. Remakes win in best picture. It, it raises some questions, but... That's like if West Side Story won. It's like, God, I don't okay. want that. That would piss me off. But yeah. I think maybe it's because I didn't know or like, like take The Departed, for instance. That's a remake. And still yeah. a celebrated American film, too. So like, sure. It can be both. It can happen. Yeah. Uh, just rare. Yeah. I wish Little Miss Sunshine would have won that year. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, it is a direct remake that's taking like everything from the story so it makes me want to watch the french version and be like okay let's compare and contrast and see if they really change stuff to make this stand on its own two feet or is it just kind of like the same thing you know copy and paste um i just thought it was a book when i first also coda i need to rewatch i i like i I don't remember a lot of it i haven't seen it in like a year (laughs) because it it came out on apple tv plus and you were like dude this movie's really good and i was like okay i'll check it out it was like in like April or May when I watched it, like yeah. it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I think it's hilarious that Apple TV plus has a best picture winner before Netflix does. Oh yeah. That's great. Uh, but also, you know, I, <sighs> I host the sneak preview. I make it my mission to watch as much as I can get my hands on for that show. 
So I have to see a lot more of, you know, I see a lot more than you guys do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Coda was, <laughs> it hurts sometimes. Uh, but Coda was one that I, I watched on a whim. Cause I was like, I think I watched the other movies that week and was like, I had some time. So I said, all right, let's try this. And I adored it. I was blown away. I was drawn in. I thought the performances were great. I thought the story was beautiful and it just, it stayed with me. It never left. So yeah, I don't, I think you, you could, you could probably benefit from a rewatch. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I'm going to, because, you know, it fucking won. Won the biggest award of the night. And uh, I'm going to rewatch it soon. And, and my fiance hasn't seen it. So uh, we definitely are going to, definitely going to sit down and watch that uh, soon. I just, uh, it's just so weird that it has, it, it like gained steam at the right time. Yeah. It, it, it had some kind of, I don't know what it was. It had some kind of wave where people were like, dope, Coda's fucking awesome and everybody likes it. It's going to make you cry. It's great. And I was just like, where the hell did this come from? Because I saw this months ago, you know? Uh, just really weird when that, 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 like, that's not, that just doesn't happen very often where a movie goes that full cycle, you know? It's even weird when a movie like Get Out, which came out in March of 2017, was up for Best Picture and had a good campaign and one screenplay. Uh, Black Panther came out in February, almost a whole calendar year before the Academy Awards that it it it, it went, it, you know, it competed again. Bakota won. It won the biggest award of the night and won Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor. Uh, actor, like it it made some moves, you know. Um, so I, yeah, I've got to see it again, you know, because I, I I remember it. I'm not saying like oh I forgot it because it's bad. I just. I need to re-familiarize myself with it because I don't remember it like I do drive my car or King Richard. Cause I watched those in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I also found out like the day after <laughs> you Venmoed me for King Richard, it, it, it got put on HBO. <laughs> I know. Like, like literally 24 hours later. Yeah. It's fine. I enjoy, I, I enjoy so, it. I feel so bad. Yeah. 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 Me too. I was like, that was dumb, but I, I, I really liked it. So I wasn't that upset. You know, if it would have been, it would have been a movie I didn't like. If it was fucking Don't Look Up, I would have been like, God, curse you, John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, adapted screenplay, Coda, well done. Score, Hans Zimmer took home his second statue of his career. That was a, a lock. The score for Dune was beautiful and amazing and revolutionary. And yeah. uh, he was on tour, so Jason Momoa accepted the award on his behalf. Uh, old, good old uh, Duncan Idaho. Yeah, which is probably Momoa's only chance to ever like accept an award at the Oscars. So, Aww. you know, but no, I think he knows it too. I think he doesn't really give a shit. He's like, whatever, man. Like, I'm, I'm just doing shit I enjoy. Fuck it. <laughs> he looked like Sasquatch standing next to Josh Brolin. That was wild. Okay, yeah, I was like, that's fucking Thanos, and that's Jason Momoa. You know, like, and, and then and Regina Hall was like oh, getting real familiar with both of them. That was that was odd. Yeah, how come? Yeah, that seems like a double standard. We should probably make uh, put more attention on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had to be like really okay with that because Josh Brolin like stuck his ass out. They had to have like really talked about that because if that just happened on a whim and she just kind of went for it, that would be really weird. Yeah, you know, uh, like if Chris Rock just came out and started filling up Penelope Cruz, you'd have Javier punching him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not slapping, punching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just weird to me. What this? This was a weird show. <laughs> this was a weird show. 
yeah, yeah, where I thought it was really successful in some places and you know did a good job and and like went smoothly and other places it just was like what the fuck we're never gonna get a normal oscars not in this day and age i know i i missed the i missed the 80s i missed the 90s i mean when yeah when the weirdest thing you'd get was like a streaker behind david niven yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You, you like have robin williams doing like kind of inappropriate voices like okay whatever we can get over that one of the funniest things he ever said was when he was presenting Best Supporting Actress in 98. And he said, like, as, as Adam said to Eve, stand back. I don't know how big this gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. That's the, I, I also, it's too easy to know about some stuff that's going to happen because of the internet, because of, you know, the, the way things are and the, the thousands of opinions that are out there and how late the Oscars were this year. It was like, man, like there's so much time for going into the show. It was kind of like, okay, well it's going to be Coda or power of the dog. Like we all knew 100% nightmare alley had no chance. You know, Mm. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to go into the show thinking any horse has a chance. Well, that's, that's just not going to happen. A big part of that is shaving it to five. It's, you know, if you have 10, you're only paying attention to like three of them. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. For more on that, check out Oscar Sunday this past week where Caleb and I just eviscerated the Oscars over issues much like that. Yeah. Uh, best uh, editing went to Dune. Yeah. Fair enough. I can never really explain film editing. I've, I, I've, I've tried but I, I can never explain like what's good, what's bad. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think, you know, when you know, you know, I think, I think it's one of those, one of those uh, techniques that's like, okay, it's obvious when it's bad. It's obvious when it's good. You don't notice. That's how, that's, that's how you know it's good. That's true. Next up, we got best documentary, which went to summer of soul quest loves documentary. Uh, which looks very intriguing. I didn't get to see any of these. Uh, I could probably find them pretty easily, though. Just, you know, yeah. time. Yeah, th- this is the only one I've seen. Um, Summer, of Sol- Summer of Soul. It's on Hulu. Uh, yeah, you would, you would fucking love it, dude. It's awesome. Very cool. Uh, he definitely, this meant a lot to him. He, was, his, he gave a very tearful speech and had to kind of absorb the immediate fallout from the, uh, you know, Slapgate, as I'm sure they're going to start calling it. Slapgate, yeah, that's that's definitely you heard it here first. Damn it, <laughs> I God. Slapgate is mine. <laughs> Slap Slapgate hashtag Slapgate. Uh, God, oh. yeah, and you, you know we're recording this at it's a little it's past midnight at this point, right? Um, here here is Central Time in Texas after the ceremony. So there's things happening on the internet and people talking about it that we're not really seeing cause we're trying trying to do a little show here for you guys. Um, so there's stuff that we will know on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm sure that we're not gonna be able to talk about right now, but there's all kinds of stuff flying around in the air about, about what happened uh, in that particular moment. Um, and fucking sucks for quest love. Um, and these other filmmakers who made a really good documentary about music and, uh, that people, people should, seek out you know i i'm always 
down to watch documentaries and I love knocking out Academy, uh, Academy, you know, Oscar nominated documentaries. Mm-hmm. The one I want to, the one I want to see the most is Flea. Cause that's again, the one that was up for uh foreign film, animated film and documentary. So I, I'm definitely going to try to check out Flea soon. I really want to see Attica. Uh, yeah. That looks so stirring. Yeah. Story of a riot of the riot from the prisoners who were there. I mean, that's, that's some surreal shit. So yeah, I definitely want to hear about that. Uh, I also want to throw out some, uh, some props to Diddy for uh, doing his best to immediately defuse that situation said, you know, we're going we're gonna to fix this with love. We're going to do this, you know, talk about this like family, but like for now, let's talk about the Godfather. Like, good job, Diddy. Like, well done on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was like some serious class from fucking Diddy Combs. Like that, that was really cool. As weird, as weird as it was for me to like, why is Diddy the one presenting the Godfather? I was like, you know what? All right, cool. Yeah. He did a good job. (laughs) I'm rocking with it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But that moment when Coppola, Pacino and De Niro came out and just absorbed this 50 year legacy, you know, the, Oddly, you know, probably the most influential people in the room at that point. Uh, so many careers were inspired by these guys. Uh, I mean, you know, I think it's the only best picture, you know, winner slash box office monster movie that everybody fucking likes. You know, we can all agree on The Godfather. <laughs> like, it's it's this undisputed classic. Uh, very rarely do I hear someone say anything of ill will towards the Godfather uh, one and two. Yeah, there's a whole family guy joke about, you know, Peter didn't care for the Godfather and the whole family's like, how can you even say that? Like they're so flabbergasted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, but like what other best picture winner is getting their own mini series about its production? Like nothing. It's all, it's the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing from, you know, some you know some of some of my favorite movies of all time are Best Picture winners, but there's not one that I feel is as like important and as well well liked as, as that 1972 Godfather. True. And before we go too far into uh, into the last bit of the show, I didn't want to forget this: 60 years of James Bond. Dude, I yeah, I knew I knew that was a big moment for you. And what the fuck was up with? Tony Hawk, Kelly Slater, and Sean White. Three sport athletes like doing this. Like that was that was a little odd, but cool, I guess. I guess they're supposed to be the greatest in their in their field. Yeah. I guess that's what we're doing, but I I only I knew know. Tony Hawk. I sorry. Yeah, Kelly Kelly Slater is a surfer and Sean White is a snowboarder. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it, I guess. But it was weird. I, I read that Tony Hawk like severely injured his leg, like broke his femur or something like a few weeks ago, and he seemed fine. Yeah, he's there. He is Tony. Tony just uh, just hanging out. Yeah, like I was reading that like he, there was a decent chance he might not walk again, like that kind Shot. of crazy ass injury. But he was he was fine. I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> Unreal. I guess it wasn't that big of an injury after all. <laughs> Not for Tony. Yeah. Tony's just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was so cool. A 60 year montage. Dr. No to no time to die set to 
Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die. That was awesome. Well, it, 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 it was, uh, I also have another thing to shout out before we move on, but, yep. but that, that right there is the stuff that for, for, for me and you, I, I, I know, and I, I think we're speaking for a lot of, you know, fans, cinephiles, that's the kind of shit that will change our, our, our uh, perspective on, on the Academy because they've shut out those movies forever for 60 years. Yeah. They finally have come around, you know, here and there with the Daniel Craig ones, but it's like, ugh, these are huge, huge films for, for people who just love watching entertaining movies, spy movies, you know, action movies. And so to kind of give it that time, that's, that's all we, that's all we're asking for is respect is respect. These films respect this franchise. That means a whole lot to movie fans. Well, it brought to mind for me, the, the huge missed opportunity they had at 2012 when Skyfall, it was the 50th anniversary of bond. And they were going to bring out all the James Bond actors, uh, you know, Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. We're going to come out together and just be there together. And I remember reading it was Pierce Brosnan who ultimately said no. And so the whole thing, was, it was a huge, like, I was so pissed. Like Sean Connery was going to leave the Bahamas and appear on stage for the first time in like 20 years. And Pierce was like, I don't want to do that. Like, does that does that make you just hate him or what? Pierce? A little bit, because now you know Connery and Moore are dead, so this is never going to happen again. So yeah, yeah, I'm a little, I hate him a little bit for that. Yeah, well, and it's like, hey man, you're not even the best fucking Bond, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, who are you to put this franchise's legacy like behind you? The only person who could be like, ah, I'm not okay is Connery. The only one who could be like, I've got other stuff to do. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. He's old. He's doing his thing. Yeah. But you, you just came off of this shit. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you need this. <laughs> yeah. Connery, honestly, is the one I was like, when I heard they were trying to do that, I'm like, well, he's not going to do this. And then he yeah. said, okay. And I was like, oh my God. I was so, <laughs> I was so bummed out about that. I, I think about yeah. that from time to time. Like what we could have, that, that would have been such a cool moment. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It truly, truly would have been. Uh, the, the other moment I, I want to shout out is because you and I went there was when they <laughs> talked about the, they talked about the Academy uh, museum and one of Sykes walked around it for a bit. It, it like immediately gave me chills. Just even if, even if she was joking a lot, I wasn't really paying attention to what she was saying. I was just looking at like where she was in the museum. And I was like, Oh my God, like I, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to this place. And that, the, that, was a really cool experience because it was, it, it was stuff that just, I, I just wasn't expecting it to be as cool as it was. I knew it was going to be fun. And it was going to be kind of be like a cool day, a uh, museum day that you and I, when we went to LA and we got to visit it, I didn't know I was going to walk out of there. Like, Oh my God. Like I just saw a lot of like my favorite movies of all time represented. I just saw a huge exhibit, a whole room dedicated to Spike Lee, a guy who has notoriously been shut out at crucial points in his by, by the Academy. And, you know, there was a whole Studio Ghibli fucking exhibit. It's like, okay, they're clearly trying to change some kind of their image, you know, and try to change the way people think about the Academy and Oscars in general. And that's good. And there, there were things throughout this show, throughout the ceremony where I was like, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun watching this shit. 
And that James Bond thing was at the one of the top things of that of that list. And the anniversary stuff, you know, Godfather, Pulp Fiction, White Men Can't Jump, uh, uh, the the Juno thing. That, that was great. That's a screenplay that's over ten years old now that we love and reminds us of why we love movies. So those those little things I thought were really cool. I don't want to just be down on on the show or just hate on the Oscars. I thought there were good things about this, and there were like slight changes and um, ways that they embraced you know, the, 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 the craft that we love. So I, I don't know. I'm always going to be hopeful, right. That they keep doing things like that to kind of change their, uh, the way we, way we view them and respect them. Yeah. Well, they're kind of trapped in a eternal attempt to rejuvenate themselves because every, every year they're losing more and more viewership and they try to come up with like, how can we appeal? And the truth is you really can't. Like, people who like movies are going to watch this. People who don't aren't. Like, you can't really do anything about that. But what you can do is appeal to the film fans and really embrace the concept of loving film in any way that you can and just make a show for for them. Uh, And I hope that, you know, they start to move in that direction. Mm. Yeah, well said. Well said, man. Uh, Best production design. Went to Dune. Uh, I think Dune took every technical award. Yeah. Yeah, which which was like, oh, how cool would it be if Dune won Best Picture? <laughs> you know, it was like, this would be this would be awesome. People really liked that movie. Um, and like went to their fucking theater to see it. So uh that was that was cool how it kind of like stayed in stayed in our minds throughout the night. Like, oh yeah, Dune, Dune was a pretty kick-ass, kick-ass experience. I'd like to watch it again. It was, uh, I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, this is, this is definitely an acquired taste. Dune is a, uh, it's like preachy yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think it has its fans. There's just, there, a lot of people went to the theater for it, which is, which is rare um, yeah. these days. And I, I liked it. I also, I'm with you. I would love to see it again. Of course, I'm going to watch it again before, before part two ever comes out. But, um, I think, I think it requires, yeah, it requires like a certain mood, a certain, certain setting to, to really appreciate it. Um, I'm mainly interested in kind of experiencing Hans Zimmer's score again. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, <laughs> very cool. The production design is amazing in Dune. Um, not really a surprise there. Technically this film is constructed like a fucking painting. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it won. It deserved every win it got. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I think it's gonna be cool. Uh, you know, say ten years from now, hopefully we're still doing all these fucking podcasts and we're doing an Oscar Sunday on this ceremony. And I'm like, Dune is the big winner from this ceremony with six fucking awards. Like that's that that would be really cool. I that will happen at some point. <laughs> Best original song, which I was. The only one that was really kind of worried about, because I'm like, it's either a, this is either going to be a EGOT for Lin-Manuel Miranda or a James Bond hat trick. Like, what are we going to get here? And we got the Bond hat trick. Billy Eilish won for No Time to Die. I'm so happy. Yeah, me too. I was, I was pulling for that one pretty hard. Uh, happy for Billy and her, her brother, uh, well, Phineas. Yeah. Uh, Billy Eilish's full name 
like I was wondering because I was like Phineas O'Connell and Billie Eilish. I was like, aren't they, aren't they fucking related? You know, aren't they, aren't they siblings? They are. Billie Eilish's full name is Billie Eilish Baird Pirate O'Connell. Pirate. Pirate. Yeah, pirate is in her her actual name. <sighs> yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> why didn't she? I mean, if you're gonna be a pop star, why not be Billy Pirate? I, I, that's that's what we were saying. We were like, dude, like, why would you not have? Yeah, it's Billy Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell. That's the full name. She's she's 20 years old. Crazy. God damn it! I uh, weird ass parents probably. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know their family situation. I'm just saying I've never met a well-adjusted person with the name Pirate. Uh, yeah, me neither, man. I, <laughs> I, I don't know about all that. Yeah, because that's a... <laughs> um, I did like her reaction to the winning. She was like just super excited and flabbergasted. Couldn't really form words. Was just like, oh my God. And yeah. I wish more people were honest about their win and trying to be like all poised. Just let it out. You're excited. Be excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why that, you know, the, there's those famous moments like Cuba Gooding Jr. is like, that's organic. That's cool. Like you couldn't hide, couldn't hold it back. You know, I, I also appreciated the way, the way she responded and uh, it's cool. That's gotta be cool to win something with your sibling. That's that special. Yeah. And that song came out three years ago. <laughs> which is pretty nuts and i found out uh through the uh oscar sunday caleb never listened to it until the movie came out he resisted i like that apparently that's, that's, cool. that's his thing he does not listen to music like that's released before the movie like in any situation he, he holds off on that shit which is pretty cool yeah no i i definitely dig that i i think i'm gonna adopt that i'm gonna start doing that as well I, I know myself. I do not have that kind of self-control. I, I don't have it. If I find out the new Bond theme is out, I am immediately going to listen to it. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, best director. Jane Campion took this for Power of the Dog. Uh, she was the, the favorite. This, was, this is probably going to go to her. Uh, but after Power of the Dog got widely shut out, from the rest of the show, I'm starting to think like, are they not going to give it to, to Jane? Is somebody else going to take this? But no. Yeah. 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 I, I did. I, for, for a minute, I was like, are they going to give this motherfucker to, to Spielberg or something? Like what's going on? You know? And, and I'm, I'm glad I went to Campion. I, I think it was cool. Cool to see her kind of, um, I don't want to call it a career Oscar. Cause I, I really like the power of the dog. But she's been around for a long time. She's been doing stuff for a long time. She was nominated back in the 90s. Um, well, she won screenplay for the piano. Um, and she comes all, you know, kind of comes all the way back home. That's why I thought it would have been cool if it won Best Picture. Because she's just kind of created this incredible filmography over the past, you know, 30 years or so. And it would be cool to kind of see it cap off here. Um, but, you know, maybe she'll get, a, get another chance. Uh, how cool is it that we have two female best director winners back to back, Chloe Zhao, Jane Campion, um, and only three in, in its entire existence as a category, uh, just those two and Catherine Bigelow. So 
Uh, it is cool to see her win. I, I think the power of the dog looks unbelievable and is, is a, a movie that if you trap yourself in it and you just kind of get lost, it can reward you. And um, I was, I was happy to see her win. Well, clearly female directors have a lot of stolen time to make up for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's th- three out of 94, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that. That's, I think that's the only, that's the only one power the dog took. Yeah, it is. I thought I was going to win like four or five and it got, got one. Yeah. Next up best actor, which <coughs> was kind of like, ah, oh boy. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping the Academy was going to just give this to Andrew Garfield as they should have. Instead, Will Smith got his career Oscar and had a lot to say and proved to me that I am pretty sure he's on the verge of a complete nervous breakdown. Uh, He doesn't seem okay. Something's wrong with Will Smith. Interesting. That's what my brother said. Like after the show ended, He, he like said those, like almost those exact same words. Um, he was like, if I was friends with him, I'd be worried. Yeah. Uh, um, that's so interesting. That, it's like, like word for word. Y'all, y'all on the same fucking uh, wavelength. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think this is the, this is a great, great group of performances. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Uh, these five, uh, it's five very powerful men within the, in, in, within the industry, all, all previously nominated. Um, and you have Denzel who's getting his 10th nomination here, a uh, performance yeah. nominee. Yeah. Wow. Um, already has his two wins for glory and training day. I think it's gonna be really hard for him to win ever again. Cause he's got so much accumulated at this point. Andrew Garfield, uh, he was nominated for Hacksaw Ridge and now this. So I think he's going to get one at some point, uh, been in the Cumberbatch imitation game. Now this, I think at some point he's going he's gonna to figure something out as well. Javier Bardem, I think this is his fifth nomination altogether. Like the dude's just a superstar. Obviously, he won Best Supporting for No Country. Uh, and Will Smith, it was his time. It was his time. And I, I don't like that. I, I really don't like that. But I also don't think anyone's straight up demanding it from him in this group. Uh, I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, so I can't, you yeah. know, can't totally say. But I, 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 I love Andrew Garfield, so I'm always going to be kind of like biased. I, I just love that guy to death. I think he's incredible. I think he's been, I think he should have been up for Best Supporting Actor for Social Network. I think he should have been up for Under the Silver Lake. Um, I, I think he's had probably five roles that he like should have been up for. I thought he was the best part of um, performance-wise from No Way Home. Uh, the dude's just a superstar. But it seemed like past like five months it was just it was will smith's like i never really blinked about it i was like yeah he's he's gonna win this like he's gonna win for this performance which is a good performance it's a good movie and i think it's an important movie but it's not compared to other stuff we've seen even last year anthony hopkins that that performance is way better to me than that than than this year's um i think you can look back uh in recent recent history and just be like, you know, these others were much stronger. Uh, I, I just don't think it's the strongest group. It's a strong group of men, but not a strong group of, of performances overall. I will watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, it's not typically my kind of film, you know, um, that one, but I, I believe it's on Netflix and it has been the whole time. So 
I'll, I'll check it out at some point and, and I, I will probably agree with you because I love him so much, but I still, I don't know. I, I wish it was a, I wish it was a different slate. See, I, I do think Garfield deserved this for Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. His okay. Performance in that movie is stellar. Uh, I think that was, you know, a better performance, a stronger performance. I, I do, you know, I don't like career Oscars. And to me, this felt like a Will Smith career Oscar. And after the events of, you know, an hour prior, that shit was tainted. And he, you know, he apologized to the Academy. He apologized to his fellow nominees, but it just, I just, I got this vibe that he needs, he needs to talk to somebody. I don't know what's wrong with Will Smith, but the man seems fragile. He seems like he's on the edge of a complete collapse. And I, I just, I, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, this could have been avoided, you know, (laughs) this whole situation just could have been avoided uh, with just some talking, I guess. I don't know. And, not talking about a woman's hair. Just, just stay away from that. And I, I really stupid. But you know, he he won, and he goes on and very long, long speech. Um, just kind of went to different places. Never really made a whole lot of sense to me uh, during the speech. I think obviously he's rattled, and you know, the night had other stuff going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about it. You know, it's just, I feel like I need to sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it's, it was that kind of crazy to, of an event. Like I, I don't really know what to say. And, and I'm trying to hold back cause I've never really been a big fan of his. Uh, I think, I think his movie career is just like, whatever. Uh, I'm you know a big fan of fresh Prince. There. But like that's a sitcom, and that's just trying to do things that are way different than what his movies have. I mean, like, like he's in like Suicide Squad and Hancock, and like movies that I just don't give a shit about. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to like not dog on him, but I'm also trying not to like be like, yeah, King Richard's, yeah, he deserves it. Because I, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I'm. I like I like a lot of his films, but I kind of you know. I feel like ego got the better of him in the like mid to late two thousands, and he never really felt as relevant as he used to be. I know he had like you know a bout with Scientology and just this weird open relationship with his wife that clearly got into his head, and I just I don't I feel like there's a there's a an avalanche about to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen when that does happen. But I mean, the way he was talking about like, God has shown me what to do. And like, cra- like that's some crazy shit to say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh, I hate to say this, but it like reminded me of like some stuff Kanye has done. Uh, oh boy. It was just kind of like, dude, like God's using you. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess his other two nominations, Ollie and Pursuit of Happiness, I like better, I guess. I, but I don't know. I don't, I, 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 it's just weird that this is, uh, here we are talking about it. It's like going to, it's the thing that people are going to talk about and gravitate towards because it's, because it's fascinating. Um, but there's just so much other cooler shit that happened in the night. 
Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how this unfolds. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, as our, as the week moves along, you know, Connor, you know, I will be texting about it. We'll be hearing about it. You know, and that's just kind of be the reality. Because um, because that that shit fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Uh, next up, Anthony Hopkins showed up to the Oscars, which he never fucking does. He hasn't been to an Oscars in a very long time, so that was weird. Uh, <laughs> to present Best Actress. And Jessica Chastain took this for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, I did not expect that. Jessica Chastain, I, I, I love her as, an, as a performer, but I assumed she was going to have a similar relationship to the Oscars that Amy Adams has with, you know, frequent nominations, oh. never, never a win. But here we are, Academy Award winner Jessica Chastain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen this film. I've actually only seen two of these. I've seen... Being the Ricardos and Lost Daughter, uh, I will get to Parallel Mothers at some point. Fucking dying to see that. Spencer, uh, I don't, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to watch that movie. And then uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, I'll definitely, definitely be getting to. Um, not sure if it's on a streaming service right now or or, or what. Oh, there you go. A lot of them are on HBO. Uh, but I'm very happy for her. You know, I love Jessica Chastain. I love her in Tree of Life. I love her in Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, most violent year. I just think she's a fucking superstar. One of the best, one of the best that we have. Yeah. And this was a powerhouse performance. Uh, this film is a lot of people have been avoiding it because they think it's, you know, glorifying the uh, crimes of Jim Baker, but it's not, it's humanizing Tammy Faye Baker who actually did want to help people. And uh, she does a great job playing this, this larger-than-life uh, uber-Christian figure. Uh, and then, of course, the film won Mess Makeup immediately after or before that. So, yeah, two Oscars for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, and I just, I love that she's a winner now. Yeah, me too. That's the most important thing is, like, you know, when you, uh, like, Amy Adams is such a good example of, like, it would be a damn shame. She already has six nominations and no wins. It'd be a damn shame if all this time went by and then you're like, oh, fuck, we haven't given her one. And then you have something happen like uh, what happened with Al Pacino where he had all these amazing movies in the 70s and they're like, oh, shit. We didn't get So we've got to give one for Scent of a Woman. And then you're stealing from Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. And it's like, you can't do that. You got to do it in the moment. (laughs) And I think, I think they finally did it in the moment with Chastain and they got it right. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen this, but I, I I trust, I trust my fellow Chastain fans, you know, and I I know you're a big one. So um, I'll I'll, I'll probably watch this movie this week. I, I honestly, I can't stress enough. I'm so happy Kristen Stewart didn't win. I just, I just, I don't care for her. I didn't think her performance in Spencer was all that. And I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't like her. I'm, she broke Batman's heart. I don't, I don't need her. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of what she's put together. Uh, I, the only reason I like Kristen Stewart as like a, as a, as a, uh, as an actress is, is fucking adventure land, you know, like a, a movie that I'm just like obsessed with that I've been obsessed with since I was in middle school. Like that's it. You know, there's nothing else in her filmography where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like she's really bringing the, bringing the heat, you know? Um, And I just, I just don't really care. 
you know, fucking sue me. I just don't really care about seeing Spencer. I just don't. Just one of those that I'm like, I'm going to stay away from that one unless I absolutely have to have to watch it. Um, really, the only way I would watch it is if we did uh, if we did an episode on Oscar Sunday on the eyes of Tammy Faye, and I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and watch the other fucking uh, Best Actress nominees. That's like the only way. No, I, I'm never doing it out of my own like pleasure. <laughs> I saw it at the, at the theater. I paid movie ticket prices to see Spencer. Uh, ah, no thanks. Yeah. yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, but na- thankfully, you know, that's not the case. Uh, the film, the night ended with Lady Gaga and a very ill-looking Liza Minnelli. Uh, did, did not expect that. Presenting yeah. Best Picture. Uh, Minnelli apparently looks like she had, she might have Parkinson's. I haven't looked into it, but she's in a wheelchair and she she looks uh, she looks rough. Yeah, and she was, yeah, that was sad. You know, they were shouting out Cabaret from hitting its 50-year anniversary and uh, the awesome Bob Fosse film and an Oscar-winning movie that, like, did really well um, back in the 70s. But that was that was really sad. She was stumbling over her words, wasn't quite remembering exactly what what they were doing, and, like, Lady Gaga handled it really well. Um I like Lady Gaga more and more just as time goes on. And like the more I'm like, I see her on TV or see her in movies. I'm like, she fucking rules. She kicks ass. Why is she not nominated for best actress? Like, what the fuck? Like she's awesome. Everybody likes her. She can do everything. She's got this like angelic voice. She can fucking act with the best of them. And she just seems like a stand up kind of person. So I, I really wish she would have been, been nominated, but uh, I'm glad she was there with, Liza and they, you know, they're the ones who announced the big of the night. Coda. <laughs> Coda. I love it. I'm so glad it won. Uh, it was a good cap off for what was getting to be just a, a rough, tense, awkward night. But Coda, in my opinion, saved it. And uh, well done. That's the Oscars for the 94th Academy Awards. There it is. Now it's. <sighs> I feel like the mayor in the nightmare before Christmas where I'm like, you know, there's only 365 days left till the next Oscars. <laughs> like, yeah. Better, what better we, get fucking prepared. Yeah. What do we do? We got to get yeah. started. <laughs> we need our Jack Skellington, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just watched that movie a few days ago. So good. Uh, man, this is crazy. Isn't it like Coda, uh, uh, Coda, motherfucking Coda won best picture. And, I mean, it beat Belfast. It beat Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Coda beat all these movies. These movies that are made by, you know, Kenneth Branagh, Adam McKay, uh, fucking Amaguchi, uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, <laughs> like these Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg, these monstrous filmmakers, Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley, like these are huge, huge directors, filmmakers that have been around for, for decades and Coda beat their asses. Like, that's so crazy. That's, I think that's insane. I don't think it's going to get enough, get enough like attention because of everything else that happened. Uh, I, I got to rewatch this movie because, you know, like it's not, it's not my favorite. I know that like personally, it's not my favorite of, of, of the bunch, but I, I, I liked it. And I'm happy for it. I'm happy for those, the, that cast and crew 
and I'm happy for, you know, all, all the deaf people who have something to like, like, fuck. Yeah. Look, like, look what happened. You know, you, you stick to your guns and you make a story that's close to your heart. You stick with what, you know, and bam, you know, something really amazing can happen. And, and I love that. I love that about it. I think it's a really cool, like underdog type story, Yeah. but, but may, maybe you can help me here because I'm not saying, I'm not saying any of these movies are like way better than her or anything, but doesn't Coda look kind of weird as far as the way it's filmed and the way it's, the way it presents itself, not the, not the performances, not the story, certainly, but just the way it looks and the way it's filmed, doesn't it look a little bit like cheaper than most best picture winners? Well, that's probably due to, you know, a young crew and a very cheap production. I mean, they, you know, mentioned like putting this thing together was not easy. So, I mean, they worked with what they had and they crafted a film that meant a lot to a lot of people uh, and is going to be influential now considering it's a best picture winner. Uh, I think it's cool that a film that was kind of put together with duct tape beat all these giant productions. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. It, it, it was, it was a budget of 10 million, you know, and then some of these other movies, Dune, you know, you know, come on. Uh, West side story costs, you know, just fucking fortune. I, I, I like that, but I also remember, and this is why, this is the main reason I want to watch it. Cause I, I remember, I remember some of those moments that like made me cry, especially as being, being a father to a daughter. Now, um, I remember connecting with this movie and being like, wow, like that, that was, that was powerful. But I never thought once when I was watching it, like this looks like a fucking best picture type film. I never thought that. And I've, I've got people that I, that I know, including, including my, my brother who is like, uh, this looks kind of like a Hallmark movie, almost the way it kind of looks. And then I, and then I was like, okay, that seems kind of harsh. And then I looked on Letterboxd. And I was like, oh, people are people are saying that. That's like a thing. People are saying it look. It just looks kind of cheap. And I, I don't know. I just that's just weird compared to what we've seen. Like compare this to Nomadland or Parasite. Like those movies are fucking breathtaking and look unreal. And, you know, have masters of their craft working behind the camera. I don't think Coda has that. I think that's why I'm kind of like, really? It's cool. I'm cool with it. But like, what? Like, that's kind of wild compared to some of these other masters who, who in my opinion, mates, mates, there's some of these movies are really good. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of kind of stuck. I, I almost rewatched it today uh, before the uh, or yesterday before the ceremony. But I didn't, and now I regret it. Because uh, I, I feel like I need to clear up some stuff. Like, I need, I need closure. Well, uh, director Sean Heater, this is only her second full, full-length film. So that might be part of it, you know? I mean, yeah, Parasite I mean, and Nomadland were, like, culmination films. Like, they've, they've done a lot. They've honed their craft. She, you know, she's still figuring it out. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But, like... You know, Jaws was Steven Spielberg's second film. You know, I, I like I think people Magnolia is Paul Thomas Anderson's second film, but really Boogie Nights is his second film and Hard Eight is his first. I think people do like I Pulp Fiction is Quentin Tarantino's second film. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know exactly what I'm trying to say. I just don't know if it's like this movie that 20 years from now I'm gonna be like, 
yeah, that fucking is one of the better Best Picture winners from that era. I don't know. Well, Coda is not, you know, I'm not saying it's one of the greatest Best Picture winners of all time, that it's going to be a film that's going to last forever, but it, it has something to say now. And that's important. It might not be this masterpiece that lasts forever, but somebody somewhere now is going to find comfort in this film. I found comfort in this film, and that means something. So I'm going to take that. Yeah, that's fair. You, you understand what I'm trying to say, though? Kind not of? really. Not really. No. I, don't, I, I, I didn't see a Hallmark quality in it. I didn't, I didn't see <clears> it. I don't think it's that bad, but I don't think it... Even during the, the, the clip that they showed for it, I was like, oh, yeah, like... I mean, like, Power of the Dog looks like this fucking incredible experience. Just the just the lens that they're using, and Coda. I was like, like, it does look like it could be something that was for TV. Maybe not Hallmark. That's pretty harsh, but for TV. Well, maybe that's just Apple. You know, maybe they just don't look as good because I know their other films don't really pop. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where the fault lies, or even if like I can't really see the fault, but. I'm trying to decipher the, like what you what you're trying to try to find here. I I I I I, I think ultimately I I think it's gonna fall. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm afraid legacy wise, it's just not gonna stand up over time. Yeah, but to be fair, most of them don't. Most best picture winners uh, don't. I mean, but we've also you know, I mean, par- like Parasite was just two years ago, and I think. I think that movie like that movie looks unreal and is unreal and has great characters great story all the above i you know i think a lot of movies from the 70s have that i think amadeus has that i think silence of lambs has that i think you know i i, I think there's i think there are there, there there's like half of the best picture winners that like belong and then i i think this isn't in the bad half but i don't think it's in the good half either i think it's like in this weird middle middle ground that's like okay cool fair enough but you know all this all this shit's subjective like i don't see a lot of staying power in nomadland i okay yeah i think that movie's like uh i think i think the photography of it is just this like it's a total feat like what chloe Zhao did with that true but it's basically just a documentary with yeah, yeah, no yeah. story or really any driving force. It's just watching this this lady live in a van and go from job to job to make ends meet. Like, okay, how is that more impactful legacy-wise than a young woman and her deaf family figuring out the importance of music? Okay, that's where I think, I think this is great because I think that's where we, like you're coming at it from an, a story perspective and I'm coming at it from a, from a feel, a vibe and the way it looks perspective. And I think, I think movies can like lose their touch if they don't look good. And I don't think Coda looks very good. Well, agree to disagree then. Cause I, 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 I just don't see that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch it, man. So I can kind of figure figure this out. Cause it's like bothering me. I'm like, God damn it. What, like, what, what is it that's, you know, on the tip of my tongue that I don't really un don't really understand <laughs> well, uh, but oh but overall this group is just not not the strongest in my opinion like this best picture group i i, 
I don't know. I mean, I love licorice pizza with all my heart. Um, I never thought it was going to win best picture, but I think it is much better than Coda. I think uh, after that, I, my second favorite is probably drive my car and I would take drive my car over Coda any day of the week. After that, I don't really know. Uh, the rest of them are, 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 are fine. You know, um, I like the power of the dog personally, but I get why it's, it's boring. It's slow, but I, I like it, but I don't think it's, I also don't think it's like this movie that's going to last forever. Um, West side story, take it or leave it. Nightmare Alley, I think is really underrated. I uh, had fun with that one. Um, King Richard, decent. Doom, decent. Don't look up, not for me. Belfast, not really for me. Uh, so yeah, I just don't really, I, this, this group doesn't really shine like, um, especially like 2019 or 2014 or, you know, some of those more recent years that, that I've, I've really connected to. Well, I'll just say this. If I was splitting this to five, Coda stays. Uh, I think it misses the cut for me. <laughs> okay. I think it's probably, I think it's probably set seven, maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Licorice pizza, uh, drive my car. Dune. Nightmare alley and power of the dog is probably the five I would, I would, I would take. Mine's probably Belfast, Coda, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, and Dune. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, interesting. I, I like when, when we get to kind of, I guess it's arguing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just figure, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe I should rewatch Coda too. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I, I've, I projected too much of a positive memory on it. Maybe I've forgotten some negative aspects of the film because that could happen too. Cause I didn't, I've, you know, I watched it back in April too and I haven't seen it since. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to, going to rewatch it. Cause yeah, my, my, my oldest brother and his wife watched it like a week ago and they were both like, what's the big deal? And I was like, huh. I was like, I liked it. I, I liked it. I don't remember. And so now it's got, I've got this weird taste in my mouth and now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I wish I would have rewatched it before the show, you know? Um, so yeah, that's good. That's going to happen this week. And, you know, we'll fucking talk about it again after we both uh, rewatched it, or maybe one day we're going to do a best picture show now based on fucking Coda. And we'll get to talk about all this shit again. <laughs> yeah. This is all, all these films are a, a cemented piece of Oscar history of film history now. And I mean, that's what it's all about. So Props to all the winners, even Will Smith. And good, uh, you know, happy watching, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know what movie I would take almost over all these Best Picture nominees is fucking Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was, you know, if I was adding films, I that to their tragedy of Macbeth should have gotten a spot there. I, yeah, I really like that one. What the fuck? Yeah, that was a strong movie. Uh it's yeah, it's weird, you know. I don't I got nothing. I don't know the politics. I don't know what 15 minute clip of all of these films the Academy members watched. <laughs> True. Jesus. <laughs> I hate I hate thinking about that. Yeah. I know. It's rough. My family didn't believe me when I told them. They were like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how this is all done. <laughs> yeah. 
everything you've been told is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> more thoughts, more thought apparently goes into beauty pageants. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Well, that's the Oscars. Uh, can't wait for the 95th. We now have packed to watch every single film. That yes. Is considered. So we're going to try to make that happen. That's going to be tough. Although I don't think it Fuck should be you. tough. I mean, looking at this, I've got maybe 70% of these watched. There you go. You know, just push a little bit harder. Watch those shorts and you're in. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is this turned out to be a much weirder, more uncomfortable episode than we expected it to be. Uh, thanks so yeah. much, Chris Rock, for that. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. God damn it. Yeah. Hope Sandler's still going to give you work. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, I wasn't in grown-ups too. Uh, yeah, feel, free yeah. to do, <laughs> feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can always suggest films for us to check out or give us feedback. You can send us a message there. You can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Uh, you can always check out the website, filmgasm.com, where we've got reviews, articles, trailers for upcoming movies, all sorts of fun stuff. And if you want to support the show, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We appreciate any and all donations you want to throw our way. Next week is the long-awaited release of Marvel and Sony's vampire movie Morbius, which is getting horrendous reviews. And apparently Sony can't stop spoiling the damn thing, which is kind of amazing. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to see it anyway. It's Marvel. There's one Marvel film to date I have not seen. Uh, Electra. Not exactly clamoring to watch that, but yeah, yeah. I was going to say, wait, which one? Yeah, <laughs> not really a part of canon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's Morbius, so I'll see it. Caleb will see it. We'll talk about it. Also, the bubble comes out on Netflix, so we'll likely ta- tackle that one too. That looks funny. Uh, so does Barbarians, but that's a very obscure uh, psychological dramedy that I really want to see, but doesn't look like it's getting a big release. So, no Barbarians. Hmm. Um, next week or this week don't miss Dracula on Wednesday's Filmgasm Star Wars The Clone Wars on Friday's Beyond the Bad and Jaws on Oscar Sunday have a great week and keep watching movies